So Rob started a series, I think it was last week. Um, I wasn't here, but I've caught up on it, um, on what he said. And I wanted to try and fit in with that. Um, Rob basically said, do whatever you like, um, which is a really dangerous thing to say, isn't it? But I am going to fit in with with uh, with that. And um, he called it Disciples on a Mission um, because we've been looking at discipleship. We've been looking at how we grow as disciples. And then it doesn't end there. We've got to take that and go. We've got to go and replicate that, go and make more disciples, go and make disciples of others. But I want to pick up on one thing in particular that Rob said. Rob talked mostly about our authority as disciples. Um, But one of the things he then went on to mention was our presence in places, in situations, um, in our our daily walks walks of life. And and that's what I want to pick up on, really. Our presence uh, for wherever we go, our presence as disciples. So when we take that authority, what impact do we have just by our presence? And um, I'm going to look at what the Bible says about that and illustrate that from my own experience. And really, this is as much a testimony of my life and how I've grown in this as as anything else. Um, Because as you'll hear from what I say, um, I've had mixed results with um, sharing the gospel with people, being a witness, uh, which is really what I'm talking about today is being a witness. Um, In Matthew 28 18, you don't need to turn to that. We'll turn to some other passages in a moment. Jesus utters some words that certainly when I was growing up would fill my heart with dread. And uh, in 28, 18, he says, go and make disciples. And the reason that that would put a fear in me was because my expectation from that was then in the church I was in was, oh, no. We're going to do evangelism. We used that word, evangelism, and that used to strike terror into my heart as a quiet, shy and retiring person, as an introvert, which many of you won't believe, but I am. I am an introvert. That's that's how I come out on all these tests and scales and things. Um, I need my me time. So when I've spoken like this and been in front of everybody, I will just go on my bike for a couple of hours and recharge Um, But that would strike terror into my heart because it would mean knocking on people's doors. It would mean going to the local bandstand and doing drama. It was just like, oh. And I did it. I used to to hate it and volunteer for it. it. Just really conflicted because I felt that I needed to be doing that. I should be doing that. And I don't want to knock those things for those who still get involved in in, in doing it that way, that's fine. But it really wasn't my natural way of doing things. But I thought, well, I'm a Christian. I'm called to suffer. That's where I'm called to suffer. And I will do it. But then into my life came a book. A book called How to Be Unbelievably Friendly, which many of you may have heard of. You may not have done it. It's an old book now. I'm not the friendliest of people. As I said, I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm not always that friendly. It depends on the time of day. First thing in the morning, if you're one of those people that's really up and excited in the morning, please stay away from me because I'm not, you know, I'm not the most friendly person first thing in the morning, even after a cup of coffee. Um, But this book, How to Be Unbelievably Friendly, 
just opened up a whole new world to me. I can just be me with my friends and that's all I have to do. I can share the gospel that way. I can be friends with people. I can just be normal about this. Then came from Willow Creek a book and a course called How to Be, How to be a, no, Becoming a Contagious Christian. Again, you may have heard it. And we did this course and I used to teach this course and it was just a revolution to me that I can just go out and do the things I enjoy, make friends with people and just share my faith that way. Share who I am, who God's made me that way. It was brilliant. What these people who'd written these books had actually done was pick up on some verses from the Bible in Acts and some others from Matthew, which we're going to look at this morning, that actually talk about this. And that's my long-winded way of saying that's what we're doing today. We're looking at how to be friendly, how to be contagious about our faith, how to be a witness, because that is what we're called to do. We're not talking this morning about the gift of evangelism. We're talking about something that Jesus has asked us all to do, and that's be his witness. Just share what we've got. Just be who we are with those around us. So we're going to talk about being a witness, what it means to be that, how we do that. And, um, and I'll illustrate that from some of the things that I've found over the years. I'll be honest, I have only illustrated it with where it went well. Um, <laughs> I realised that when I got to the end of it. I haven't shared all my failures. Maybe that would have been helpful. I might touch on some of those as I go along. Um, but firstly, Acts ver- chapter 1, verse 8 is the first verse we'll look at. Um, do turn to that if you, if you, if you want to. Um, and uh, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. It's after he's risen from the dead and before he has, been, uh, he has ascended into heaven. And he says this to them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. A witness is someone who tells a story about something that's happened. We can all do that. You will probably, most of you, a lot of you will do this tomorrow without even thinking about it. You'll go into work or school or college or wherever you go on a Monday morning and you'll meet people and they'll go, oh, how was your weekend? And you'll say, oh, yeah, it was good. I did this, I did that, I did the other. You've just been a witness to your weekend. That's being a witness. You're just telling the story of something that's happened. Or something you've seen. It's very easy. It's very natural. It's what we do all of the time. But we're also witnesses in another way. It's not just about the things we say, although those things are important and vital. But it's about how we are with people. It's about the unspoken things as well. It's about our presence in situations. It's about what we do, the way we do it, the way we treat people how we value people. That is as much a witness as the things we say. And I'm really glad that Helen said what she said earlier during the worship um, because Helen said it's not about how we feel or whether we feel qualified to do this and to be like this. It's it's just who we are. It's just what God has made us. And it's Jesus that qualifies us 
to share our faith, to share him, to to be this presence in situations, to be who we are. He qualifies us for that because it's who he's made us to be. Let's turn to um, some other verses in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, and these verses 13 to 16, where it says this. Again, this is, this is Jesus speaking. Um, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Salt is an amazing thing. But why was Jesus referring to us as salt, as the salt of the earth? Well, here are some of the properties of salt. I looked this up, but I have checked. They are correct. It's a preservative, and so it slows decay. It brings out flavours in food. It's an antiseptic, although it's not very nice when you put it on a wound. That hurts. It's essential to the human diet, so you need it in the correct quantities, but you do need it. And apparently it can also be used as a fertiliser. I didn't know that, but there we go, you can. But what did Jesus mean by saying that we, his disciples, are salt? Well, you can apply all of these things, all of these properties to us. We act as a preservative in a world of decay. We change the flavour of situations we find ourselves in. We affect what's going on by being the presence of God in the situations that we're in. With salt being an antiseptic, we bring healing to a broken world through what Jesus has done in our lives and is doing in our lives. And while it's essential to the human diet, salt, we are essential to the world. I don't know whether you've ever thought about it like this, but as Christians, the world needs us because it's the way that they are going to hear about what Jesus has done for them. There is no other way. God has put us here in the church. He has instituted the church to share who he is with the world. The world needs us. The world cannot do without you. Because when we say it needs us, then by very definition we're saying it needs you. It needs you to be in the place God's put you to be that salt and to be that light. You've got a job to do. You've got a place to be that God has put you in. But it's not a pressured thing and we'll come to, to look at that in a while. We carry this, we carry this presence, we carry this influence, this salt, if you will, all the time with us, wherever we are, whoever we're with. And that presence is, of course, combined with authority that Rob talked about last time. That authority that Jesus gave us. Many, many years ago, I worked in a small 
IT company. About 30 people. And uh, it was a company that sold IT infrastructure. And I used to support the sales team. I was the technical advisor to the salespeople. Um, and um, it was a strange company. It was one of those places that if your face didn't fit or if they didn't like you, you were basically bullied until you left. No, they would never get rid of people. People would always leave because they had just made life just awful for people uh, who didn't fit in. And um, it wasn't always a pleasant place to be. It was a tiring place to be. I always used to say it was a very easy place to be a witness in because you stuck out like a sore thumb being the only Christian there. Um, there were a number of times where I was asked to do things that were at the very least dubious, um, probably sometimes illegal. And I always said no. I used to go to the technical director and say, I've been asked to do this, I'm not doing it. But the weird thing is, I always got on really well there. I don't know what it was, really, in that my face didn't fit, but I was never bullied, I was always accepted, and actually... I was always looked at as, actually, no, Paul's sticking up for what he believes in. Just weird, because when other people did that, they weren't always treated that way. But actually, what happened was, I was being salt and light in that company by keeping my integrity. That was my way of doing that. And then I uh, came to leave the company. I was moving on to somewhere else. And someone came up to me and said, it's a pity you're leaving because you're the only one in this company with any integrity. And it took me aback at the time because I was just me. I was just being me there. I was just being slightly obstinate at times, I felt. But actually, it had an impact. The way I spoke to people, the way I treated people. Not that I stood up in the office and went, let me tell you what Jesus has done for you. I didn't do that. I did actually email the whole company once and invite them on to Alpha. That didn't work out well. There you go. There's a story of things that didn't work out well. Um, actually, one, one guy did come. Um, but that was because I personally invited him, not just blanket emailed the whole company. Uh, that went down really well. You could see, as the email arrived, you could see people peering up going, what, what is that? Who's it? Anyway, so yeah, it didn't always go well. Um, but it was about me being me, being who God has made me. It was about me being just true to, to, to God. And actually that had an influence. It, it made a mark. And you don't have to try that hard, actually, a lot of the time, to be salt and light. We carry something and we don't always realise the effect that it's having around us. You are probably having more of an effect on your colleagues, friends, people you meet with, than you realise. And that's one of the things I wanted to do today, was just encourage you with that, to say, you might feel, oh, you know, I haven't really talked about my faith much, and I'm not very good at it. Actually, you, you're probably having a, a huge impact where you are without even realising it. Carry on doing that. Carry on just being who you are. Jesus then goes on to say, don't hide your light. Don't be ashamed of being a little bit different. Don't be ashamed of who you are. 
Because God's made you who you are and he's put you where you are for a reason. Don't be ashamed of it. Uh, do you remember Lazarus? Lazarus had died and um, uh, he was in the tomb and Jesus came and uh, raised him from the dead, which was pretty spectacular. And in John chapter 12, verse 9, it says this, when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, but not just because of him, but also to see Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead. Now, I'm kind of speculating a little here, but I don't think Lazarus was in his house having been raised from the dead thinking, how can I be a witness? How can I? Ooh, I, I don't know. What, what shall I do? What, who do I need to speak to? What, he didn't get all wound up about oh, how am I going to do this? He just was Lazarus who'd been raised from the dead. He'd got a story to tell. He experienced something of the power of God in his life. And people came to him. People sought him out because they knew what God had done. They knew he was a bit different. His whole life was a witness. The very fact that he was alive was a witness. It was natural for him. It was just who he was. And it's the same for us. It's the same for you. God has made you who you are for a reason. He's done all sorts of things in your life for a reason. The things that happen to us don't happen just arbitrarily. Arbitrarily? arbitrarily? You know what I mean. (laughs) Even if I can't say it. They happen for a reason. You are who you are with the character you have and the experiences you have because that is who God wants you to be in the situation where you are. He's put you in a job right now or with people, with friends, because you have exactly what's needed to communicate to them and be a witness to them because that's how God's made you. Those are the experiences that God has given you. Just like Lazarus was drawing people to him. When you think people were being drawn to Lazarus, Jesus was there and it says they weren't just coming to see Jesus. Jesus was pretty spectacular. He drew huge crowds. You know, Lazarus had a tough gig there to, to bring people in when Jesus was there as well. But actually, they were coming to see Lazarus as well. People will be drawn to you because of who you are and what God has done in you. And he's put you there for a reason. Another story, I was in uh, the car with a colleague recently. Uh, I wasn't driving at the time. Years ago, um, when I used to drive around all over the place uh, and with salespeople, sometimes I'd be driving. And if on the way home the conversation was going particularly well, I had been known to sit in the left-hand lane of the motorway at about 55, 60 mile an hour and slow down, thinking, I don't want this journey to end yet. <laughs> but anyway, that's an aside. I, I wasn't driving this time. I was, um, this was a few weeks ago. We were on our way to Heathrow for some uh, t- for a trip away, work trip, and um, my colleague turned to me and he said, "Do you know what? I've noticed you never swear. Why is that? I've never ever met anyone who never swears at all, but I've noticed you don't." So I just said to him, "Well," and he already knew I was a Christian. He'd interviewed me. He'd seen my CV. He'd seen working for a church on a C- on my CV. That's a really awkward one to, not awkward, but really difficult one to try and put over to people as as to what you do. Um, But he'd noticed something about me, the way I live, just the way I am. So I would talk to him about my upbringing. I shared the gospel with him. 
nothing was off limits. He wanted to know everything. Why did Jesus die? How did he rise from the, raise from the dead? What's that all about? What's sin? What's everything? I didn't have to try very hard. It's just because of who I am and what God's done in me, questions get asked and I just answer the question. It really isn't hard to be a witness. It really isn't. Even for an introvert, you can talk about it. You see, I'd flavoured the atmosphere. I was salt flavouring where I was and I didn't hide that light. I answered the question. I let it shine. I let people see who I am. I didn't force it. I didn't try and manoeuvre the conversation, some of that old material and becoming a contagious. You can, but I found, you know what? You don't force it. It it, It just happens. It just comes to you because we carry something. We carry something of Jesus with us. We carry the spirit with us and he moves on our behalf and he just opens the way for us to witness. And it's really not that hard. Now, nothing's happened. The guy said, well, it's very interesting, but I will never become a Christian. I thought, that's what you think. In fact, he's leaving this, leaving the company this week. I don't think it's because of anything I said. We were. And I've also found we've got to make sure we don't take ourselves too seriously with all this. So then on the way home, we picked up his car from Heathrow Airport from the parking. We'd been driving five minutes and suddenly, boom, flat tire. And uh, he's got these stupid run flat tires and you don't carry a spare. Um, so you can't, there's nothing you can, you can only drive a few, few miles on it. And um, so we pulled in somewhere and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll lay hands on it for you. I'll pray. He went, don't you dare. <laughs> I just find sometimes we've got to be humorous with it. We've got to not take ourselves too seriously. Be prepared to have a laugh and a joke. Be prepared to have a bit of fun taken out of it. Actually join in a little bit. Because actually, it was funny. And, um, and I said, and his, his comment to me actually was, if God has got time to mess with the trivialities of my tyre, I think he's got better things to do. Well, there's another conversation about how much God can do and what God's interested in in our lives. Um, actually, the, I did pray. I didn't lay hands on the tyre and the tyre did get us home. So I did remind him about that. I might remind him again this week <laughs> as he's leaving. Um, but we've, there's just a real naturalness about this. It's just, it's not hard to be a witness. We just tell stories about what God's done. Being a disciple on a mission is a, 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 a being a witness is a very natural thing. Let's not get uptight about it. Let's not worry. Oh, did I miss an opportunity? Oh, was that the opportunity? Did I miss? Just be friends with people. Get to know people. Now, salt, uh, I, I debated as to whether to bring a thing, a, a container of salt today. Salt is kept in a container, which is great because it keeps it and it's all fine, but it's useless. If the salt that's sitting in my cupboard right now in a container is doing nothing, it's flavouring nothing, it's healing nothing, it's useless. Unless it comes out of the container, unless it's shaken out, unless it's sprinkled about, it doesn't do anything. And in the same way, We, as the salt of the earth, as Jesus called us, need to be shaken out of our containers. We can't just sit like this all the time. This is good. This helps us retain our saltiness. It helps us, you know, it builds us up. But we need to be shaken out of the salt cellar. We need to be out there. We need to be mixing with people. 
And we need to make sure that we know people and we mix with people who aren't just other Christians. They're not just other people from church. We need to be mixing with all sorts of people because we need to be out there. Jesus said, go and make disciples. We need to go and be witnesses. So how do we do that? Well, the obvious example is work. If you're at work and you go to an office and you're with people all day and you will influence those people, you will have an effect like I've illustrated. But actually, oh, in the school and college and all sorts of places, but actually work isn't like it used to be. People don't tend to just work in a local company with local people anymore. I live in Bromsgrove, come to church in Solihull and go to work in Cheltenham. You know, life's different now. I I, I don't socialise with the people I work with. I can still have an effect, but there needs to be something more. How do we mix with more people, with your community? Well, here's what I did. I just started working for a church. I was the only one working there. I had no colleagues to influence. There was no one else around during the day. So I'd had a telescope for Christmas, a nice big telescope, because I love the night sky. I don't have it any longer, but I love the night sky. And I thought, how do I learn more about this? I, I, I love doing this, but how can I learn about it? How can I meet others who are interested in this as well? So I looked for a local club. There wasn't one in my town. But I did find a website of a guy who had an, an observatory in his garden. Very impressive. So I emailed him. And he emailed me back and said, funny you should, uh, funny you should uh, say that. I was thinking of starting a club in the area. So... Um, Let's do it. So one Sunday morning, I knocked on the door of this guy I'd never met before. Me and him and another guy sat around his kitchen table and we started Bromsgrove Astronomical Society. That was about nine, eight or nine years ago. Um, It's now got 70 members. It's one of the biggest societies in the country. Um, I met, now I'm not generally involved in that anymore, actually because of time, I just can't get to anything. Um, But I was involved for a good seven or eight years helped to grow it. I met lots of people with one of the guys. He went to speak at another society. I I went with him, shared the gospel with him in the car. He wouldn't have known that otherwise. It's 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 but it's not difficult because guess what? I enjoyed being there. I loved it. And it was easy to meet people, easy to mix with people. And I was then salt and light in that place. I was a a, one of the guys got ill and I was just able to talk to him about about it and all sorts of things that I could do and and that happened. It's not difficult. We can find something we enjoy doing and go out and do it with other people. I'm not involved in that now, but I do love riding my bike. So most weeks I ride with a bunch of other guys and uh, had some great conversations with them as we ride. It's really easy to get out and meet people and get to know people so you can share your faith with people, be a witness to people. Just find something you enjoy doing. And I know there are people here who do that. I know there are others who do. Find shared interests. Find something you love doing. Get out there and do it. Be salt. Be a witness. Be a light in your community. Again, it's actually not that hard because you can find something you love doing. And it's enjoyable. Just a a word of warning as we start to come to the end of this. Um... I read a few verses from John 12 about Lazarus. Let me just read the next couple of verses. Um, John 12, 10 to 11 says this. So they'd all, they were all coming to see Lazarus. They thought it was great. 
So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well as Jesus, because uh, on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. We will find some hostility to the gospel. It does happen. It doesn't always go smoothly. I remember sharing my faith at school with all my friends, came back from spring harvest one year, first time I'd ever been filled with the spirit, told them all about it. I spent the rest of that school year with no friends, maybe two. The rest didn't want to speak to me. You know, these things do happen. It's not all plain sailing. But we shouldn't worry about persecution. We shouldn't worry about things going wrong because we know the Bible says he who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We can overcome that. But I just wanted to put that there and say, do you know what? We will find opposition sometimes. Not everybody will like the integrity you act with. Not everybody will like truth being brought into a situation. So expect some opposition. Expect some people not to like that. It does happen, especially when they're salespeople whose commission you're reducing because of the way you're acting. It can happen. Um, But just be aware of that. It was just an aside, really. So let's wrap up. The church, us, we need to be mobilised. We need to be out there. We need to be sharing our faith. We need to be salt and light. We need to be a witness. We are that just by our very presence a lot of the time. And because of the way you are, you will find that conversations happen, that being a witness will happen. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go. There's a go. There's an action there. There's something we have to do. That is going to people, going to clubs and societies that you enjoy, but going, being salt and light there. In your workplace, taking that step when someone says something, being honest with them about your faith, being a witness to what God has done. It might be as simple as, hi, what did you do at the weekend? I had a great time, met with all my friends at church. It can be as simple as that. And you might not say anything else that day about it. It's little things, little seeds are sown, little things are said. And we don't know where they go and what conversations they'll bring in the future. The expectation of Jesus is that we will go outside the walls of our church community and be an example to the world. Bring healing by being salt and light. Bring an arrest to the decay. Putting hope into people's hearts. We need to be a witness to what Jesus has done for us. So go. Be yourself. Be who God has made you. Flavour the situation that you're in. Be a witness to all God's done in your life. Tell stories about what God's done for you. Tell stories about who you are and the adventures you've had. Remember, it's all about who you are. And do you know what? You are more than you realise. You're already having a bigger impact than you realise. Again, as, as Helen said during the worship, we often say, well, just need to sort out this one thing, then I can be useful to God. No, you're already useful. Just the way you are. In the things that you're doing, in the places that you're going, in the person that you are, you are of use to God. You are being used by him more than you realise. Which is a really exciting thing. You've got a treasure inside that jar of clay. And the world needs it. So let's go out. Let's see God's kingdom increase. Let's go for it.